children. Yeah, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, go, go. Fratelloni's. How you doing, Joe? Hi, GLers. It's, it's, this is fun. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1047. Damn. The last day of March for 2023. Ooh. It's been a, a fairly unpleasant March, hasn't it? Yes. Uh, well, for example, on this day in 1986, it was 82 degrees. Oh, and on this day in 1969, it was one below. And on this day... This day? In 1990... I'm sorry, 1985, damn near 15 inches of snow. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. And I have ice outs. When you do on this day, oh, I always think good, the show's good, over. Good, good. Uh, White Bear Lake went out on this day in 1938 and 1968. Wow. And I looked, what would Minnetonka have been reasonably close? And in 1968, Minnetonka went out tomorrow, April 1st. But huh. in 1938, they had to wait till April 9th. No fooling. Isn't that something? That is, something. That is fascinating. Oh, I love ice outs. I mean, you can just take Tell those you. ice outs and put them where the sun don't shine if you <laughs> don't like the them. Ice. That's Can't what I'm saying. You can hit the song. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Height in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushiro. We're going to try an experiment today. Set. Well, we're going to try to do a show without mentioning all of the things that we invariably mention every day. All right. A fun show. Thank you for listening, GLers. We will talk to you Monday. See you later. Except news. Except news. News is sacrosanct. Thank you. I can't say that. Gary F. wants to know, why does Elmer Fudd always sound like Norm Coleman? <laughs> Because that's all they paid for. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll get you, Gary. Break glass smoke luckies, possibly. Oh, what do you Uh-oh. got? Earthquake swarm. I have not heard from uh, the GL geologist. Perhaps she'll weigh in. Stacy. Earthquake swarm hits U.S. National Park. 60 quakes in 12 hours at Yellowstone. Ooh. Uh, Stacy? 60 quakes yeah. in 12 hours. University of Utah seismo- seismograph stations detected an earthquake swarm between Yellowstone National Park at the northern area of Yellowstone Lake. Well, you know, that's just a big caldera. She blew up a couple of times throughout the millennia. And uh, if you just factor in the mathematical odds, she's about due to go again. And if she does, break glass smoke luck. Should we be alarmed or we can't do anything about it? What the well, hell? I think the earthquakes have been detected there throughout time. And they don't necessarily forecast a, a volcanic eruption, but they're unnerving. This is from yeah. Stewart sent me this uh uh, they're unnerving because if she goes, if she, she erupts, she goes, she's gone. If it's a major eruption, yeah. there's, you know, rocks are going to land in your yard. We're not far enough away. And we could have one of those nuclear winters where there's no sky and no sun and the crops will die and we'll all die and breathe uh, 
shards of glass that erupt when <laughs> volcanoes oh, erupt. Other than picture. that, wow. it would Holy not be that unbelievable. Like the road. Yeah, it would be like the Jeez. road. It would it would create yeah. the road situation. And the road, Cormac McCarthy's book, uh, that novel uh, placed the characters uh, trying to stay alive after a cataclysmic event. Which we never... We just don't know what the event right, was. right. And it could have been the eruption of Yellowstone. It could have been a nuclear blast. We don't know. Was that but, the last book I read? No, Child 44 was the last book I read. Well, you're really pounding through them, aren't yeah, you? I'm, <laughs> sure. I'm about to pick up that have a new Ventura author's book. corner coming next week. Oh, nice. I've, just, Boy. I've been reading so many, I'm just starting to list them now and rate them. I'm not even reviewing them because I'm, I'm just voraciously devouring books. Voraciously. I, for the first time in my life, I'm really struggling with one, but I'm forcing myself to Get read it. Get through it. Confederates in the Attic. Oh, I just got a copy of it because I thought you told me to. You, uh, yeah, of course. It, I don't read. Yeah, it's nonfiction. Try it, John. Uh, at least I'll have somebody to talk. I mean, I'm uh, not even 100 pages in, John. That's how... Yeah, it's good writing. It's just the topic is so upsetting. I uh, I give up at that point if I'm not a hundred pages. I give it. Thing. I give it at least fifty pages. Yeah, about fifty to a hundred. Uh, the guy's a great writer, and it's just the topic is ugh. They gotta let it go down there. Let it go, folks. Come on. I told you guys I bought Cormac McCarthy's newest book called The Passenger. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, shame on me. It's only my fault. Shame on me. I'm just not going to do it. Life's too short. It's uh, it's crazy. It's, How do you know you don't like it already? I gave it 75 pages, oh. and I just thought, I just can't keep going. And Ann Tyler, I told you this, uh, <clears throat> French Braid, her newest. And I love Ann Tyler. I love her work. And I just, I thought, nope. Life's too short. I can't, I can't what do, do you it. do when you get mad at the author for his style, his or her style of writing? I don't. I, you don't. I knew, all I knew perfectly well what I was getting into. I, I know the style. Sometimes with new authors, uh, it's like, okay, that's. I, I don't need three pages of background. Whatever your personal beef is, get over with it. Get back to the story. Let's go. But the uh, the story in the passenger is uh, terribly convoluted and and uh, maybe above my pay grade. Maybe I'm just too dumb. You know what I'm going to go back how to? how dumb I used to be? Yeah. Speaking, of, uh, speaking of you being dumb, I'm going to go back to Gravity's Rainbow. I'm going to push through that thing. I don't think I ever read it. Thomas uh, Pynchon. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to know more about railroad derailments? Of course we do. Yes. Hail the flashlight king. Hail, Hail you. you. I found that acceptable. That was really good, guys. <laughs> On uh, your March 30 podcast yesterday, you asked the question, what, this is from Dan, why there are, does he say, where does he say, don't use my name? Is that anywhere in here? No. No, it's Dan Schultz in Buckley, Washington, uh, the state of Washington. Uh, you asked the question why there are so many train derailments all of a sudden. Two of the dummies blurted out that it's because of the lack of track maintenance. Hi, I'm Kenny. And old tracks. As a person who's been involved with the railroad and doing work for them for almost 20 years, I get the same que I got the same question the other day from a friend, so I've already got your answer for you. There yeah. is no sudden increase in the number of derailments. It's just the fact that there was a high-profile one in Ohio, so it's all 
all of a sudden a news story when one occurs. Reporting isn't what it used to be, so now every time someone gets a whiff of a train derailment, they turn it into an event. It's easy to Google, but the Federal Railroad Administration keeps these statistics, and according to them, as reported on Time.com, train derailments are quite common in the U.S., The Department of Transportation's Federal Railroad Administration has reported an average of 1,475 train derailments per year between 2005 and 2021. That seems high. That's a big number. Just so Kenny and Rook don't have to do the math, I did it. And it comes out to an average of over four a day. In addition, track issues generally only cause half of derailments. Granted, if it were the federal government having to maintain the tracks like they do the roads, then that would be a logical (laughs) suspicion. Under the day. (laughs) But the railroads themselves care for and maintain the tracks, and it is in their best interest to keep them in good working order. Every derailment costs them big money, not just in track repair, but contractors with specialized equipment, spill cleanup, and the fact that the track is out of service so other freight can't be moved. It doesn't take much for a minor derailment to cost six figures and jump quickly into seven figures if it's a mainline track. I've seen where the first thing they do is come in and just push the derailed cars off to the side and get the track fixed so they can keep the trains moving and then deal with the cleanup later. All oh, the best. Leaving the cars there, send yep. a message, huh? Yeah, well, <laughs> not to send a message. But... Careful on this turn. Dan out in Buckley, Washington. Thank you. We have GLers in every aspect of life, don't we? What yes. a great email! Uh, we really yeah. do. What a great reach! Really That's kind of like the old shark attack bit when it, you know we had one shark attack and suddenly they covered all of them. Remember back twenty years ago? And yeah. And all of a sudden, they were everywhere in the news. We've had periods in the last few years of intense shark attack reporting. And what did I do, Rook? What did I liken shark attack reporting to? Um. That was, uh, it was somebody going crazy. Prior to the attack in New York on uh, mm-hmm. September 11, 2001, the news was full of shark attacks and Hesh speaking in tongues. Yeah. And uh, that California legislator who, uh, there was a story of about a missing intern or something. In other words, the news had, uh, uh, whatever, I can't remember. Oh, that, uh, what was that guy's name? Yeah, whatever. I went brunette. down an interesting rabbit hole when I got here today. Gary Condit. You know? Gary Condit, you're right. Wow. What a memory. What did I have for lunch yesterday? I no idea. Know. We lost Ann Hayes last year. Yeah, yes. car crash. Yeah. I, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole this year, this year, th- today, uh, based on a song I heard driving in by Marissa Issa, Maria Issa. Her actual full name is Maria Issa Perez Vega. And you idiots should know who that is. Susan Vega. Suzanne Vega. No. Oh. She's a state legislator. She represents oh. the west side oh, of uh, yeah, we St. Talked Paul. About yeah. Oh, just yeah. recently. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was listening to your local uh, publicly funded FM station. Publicly funded. I'm not. I pay for it out of my taxes. Right. I think they do. A, I don't like their playlist. They're always playing 
women with weak voices. Hey, play something with drums. Let's yeah. turn the guitar up. Let's go here. I want to rock. But I listened. They were. They played a song by Maria Issa, and I enjoyed it. And it's interesting. Uh, she's a typical Mysterian and Euphorian, but at least she works. She's she's got her own recording studio. Okay. She's gaining national and international attention. She represents District 65B. Uh, that includes St. Paul. She's got downtown St. Paul, West St. Paul, and parts of Dakota and Ramsey County. She is a Puerto Rican uh, by by heritage, but she's born and raised in Minnesota. Okay. And her music uh, is, I would call it aerobic hip-hop. Okay. Uh, but there's a Puerto Rican name for it, Kawa or something. And, and she, Kawabunga? Yeah. No, That's but after. first, Kawabunga. <laughs> and and she, uh, she was preceded by Carlos Mariani, who had made a name for himself in the legislature. Now she's holding the reins. And uh, I just find it interesting that, that she has this, her side gig is the legislature. And for most Mysterians, yeah. it's the opposite. It's the other way around. It's the yeah. opposite. Uh, but her side gig is the legislature, and she has got quite this uh, musical career going. She's got a band, and uh, she's got albums out, and she's recording. And she has a daughter. Uh, she lives in St. Paul. She went to, uh, she went to uh, where did she go? She went to Columbia College in Chicago earning a degree in cultural studies. Well, that you can't flunk that, so I'm not, gonna, <laughs> I'm not sure I <laughs> no placed No feather in the cap there. To, but I, I'm willing to find her a really interesting woman. I hope, I hope good things happen to her. Uh, and I just, I just applaud the fact that she actually has a gig, yeah. that she works. You're right. It's the other way around for every other DFL you know, uh, legislator. John Thompson, for God's sake, what, <laughs> you know, what the hell was oh, that? Uh, but the, here's a gal, and she's uh, she's born in '87. So what? She's young. What's that? Thirty. Thirty six. Thirty six. And uh, uh, good luck to you, young lady. Uh, I I think it's uh, if you guys can we play her music? No, without mm. her permission. Well, I'm giving you permission. I know, but you're not. Mm. Her. <laughs> well, it's not bad. You don't have the pronoun. I mean, her. it's not my cup of tea. I'm not an aerobic hip hop <clears throat> fan, but I gotta think. I'd like to see you with some leg warmers on. I gotta think in that genre, she's considered pretty talented. Mm. And. Uh, that's all I have to say on that. But I, I found myself listening to her on YouTube and and reading about her. And uh, her her election seems to have come and gone without great fanfare for what she's doing. You know, that it's pretty unique to have in the... Who can you think of in the legislature that has a unique... Uh, a unique job? John Marty. Nope. <laughs> nope. He's just a careerist. Yes, he is. Well, I got the I get the feeling too that she would allow music in her life to win out over legislation. I, I get the if she's feeling she's going to be she, launched. She might just bail on that. Yeah, I get the feeling she doesn't necessarily care if she becomes a careerist. Mm. But it's another point in her favor as a Mysterian. Yeah. So there you have it. I, you know, listen to her. See what you think. Uh, uh, I'm no. I'm in no position to uh, to rate that that genre of music. I know nothing about it, and I don't know if it's any good or not. Except she has a good voice. 
And and there you have it. I will so, I will listen to it. Yeah. After the show. Well, you know what? It's right there. <laughs> Joe and I, John and I are doing our own show while you're babbling. Well, on what did them. I tell you at the start of the show? Be quiet. No, what? No, we're trying to talk about things here. we don't normally talk about. Yeah. First yeah. of all, nothing no, irritates was... me more than musicians weighing in on politics. And now you've you're showing love to someone who's combined the two of them. So that bugs well, me. I'm, I'm not with Kenny on that. No, I, I know you. You are. Should mix politics. With yeah, politics. I know. I, I just I grew watched, up with uh, that. I just watched that Jim Croce thing this morning, and that kind of bugged me. Well. <laughs> Boy, he I'm was not, pretty. Uh, I'm not Jim, talking about Jim Croce. He was pretty controversial, wasn't he? Jim Croce's, Jim. Jim Croce's kid is coming to town to sing his songs. He's at, an interesting can I, uh, musician. Can I himself. not drift off into Jim Croce? Could I finish yeah. a sure. point on uh, Go ahead, Leroy Maria Brown. Issa Perez Vega? Uh-huh. Uh huh. What did you say? I said, go ahead, Leroy Brown. Wait, it is Jim Croce. It maybe it's maybe it's not Jim Croce. Who sang that song about the taxi and uh, pay the fare? Chapin. 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 That's who. I, they're all the same to me, John Chapin, what Croce. The hell? <laughs> I like that. Uh, Edmund Fitzgerald, that, that that guy, the whole deal. <laughs> I uh, I loved Harry Chapin. I got yep, to meet Scott him, Fitzgerald. Chat with him. It was wonderful. Uh, where was I? Oh. Did I say Larry Fitzgerald? No, you said uh, Edward or something. Uh, I gotta think. I gotta think. She's the only entertainer to have achieved a legislative seat. I don't know. Of I any mean, there's other. probably some polka king um, in there somewhere who plays Sunny Bono. Are you, are you just talking in Minnesota? Minnesota. Sunny oh, okay. Bono. I'm talking Minnesota, Kenny Cooter. Um, John John Hall, the leader of Orleans, was Ronald Reagan. U.S. representative. I said for a while. Minnesota. We got to have somebody that does a you know a magic trick or something like that. Maybe a that magician. Doesn't count. No, the old thumb trick. You know. Yeah. Whoa. I hear Walter Mondale used to throw quite the hoot nanny, the after hours hoot nanny. Yeah. Well, his dear late yeah. daughter did marry into the suburbs, didn't she? That's, That's right. Yeah. Chad, our, uh, hey, um, ch- no, not Chad, uh, Chan. 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 Chan Poling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's about all the material I have. If we're not going to talk about, <laughs> have a good things, weekend, folks. Yeah, talk about the things we normally talk about. But yep. before I go, I want to tell you that uh, we're not leaving yet. I want to tell you that the Easter hams from Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats are double smoked. They are the biggest hit at Easter in the entire country. They set records for selling Easter hams, and you'll know why when you taste one. And you can call and order your Easter ham and pick it up at one of two Grunhofer locations on Highway 61 in Hugo, and then a store that opened recently in Forest Lake on Highway 97, east of 35. This is Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meat. Call 651 651- 426-2800. You do not want... This is what will make the Easter repast a success. A double-smoked ham from yeah. Grunhofer's. All Grunhofer's meats are Minnesota meats. All uh, Grunhofer's beef is Minnesota-grown. Beef for Minnesota farmers. 140 flavors of brats. And do what we've always done. You're picking up the ham. You load up on the other stuff. Because, you know, you eat the ham at what? 1 p.m. or something? Yep, yep, By brunch. about 5, you're going to stand outside, fire up the grill, and cook brats. Yeah. Uh, Town Ball Meatloaf, Rookie Burger. Meatloaf? Meatloaf. Let's go with Meatloaf. 
Town Ball meatloaf, rookie burgers. Really uh, good ch- stuffed chicken. I was looking everything. at the menu yesterday. It's, a, it was it's really good. the meat emporium. Yeah. It always has been. It's Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Forest Lake and in Hugo. But call 651-426-2800. Get your mitts on a double-smoked Easter ham. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchelet. Tears for Fears on the GL Podcast. <laughs> Moon Motorsports celebrating 52 years in Monticello. Family owned and operated. A multi-line dealer bringing us the very best in outdoor recreational fun. And I don't know, I don't know who's running the joint up there. Yeah, it's spring, and you know what that means. Warmer weather and motorcycles. Moon just went and discounted nearly all of their KTM dirt and trail models. There's a ton of KTM models. I mean, they have they have like 200s and 220s and 50s and it's crazy. Uh but if you and KTMs are damn good bikes. So you really will start this season off right if you get yourself a KTM dirt bike. Lowest prices available right now at Moon if you're into the ATVs. All of our favorite Can-Am Outlanders, they're all in stock, a wide selection, all sizes, all models. Your whole family can be pleased. That's all at Moon Motorsports. Your Polaris, Skidoo, Honda, Yamaha, Can-Am, and Dirt and Trail Adventure Motorcycle brand leaders right there in Monticello for 52 years and on the web, moonmotorsports.com. Thank you. Joe, you made a mistake on today's podcast, meaning yesterday. When discussing equity versus equality, Kenny brought up a lottery analogy, and you suggested that equity would be like giving someone a lottery ticket who had not bought one. Mm. It would be more analogous to the left's policies to say that it would be like winning, like waiting until a winner is declared, then reallocating the winnings to others deemed ideologically, ideologically worthy, regardless of whether person whether a person bought a ticket. I I must agree with him. The left wants endless funding for government spending according to its ideology without realizing that government spending can only exist in proportion to state productivity, something the left cares little about. I believe the fervent left will learn that it is a minority even in this state through the recently discussed bill for paid family leave when the productive small business Democrats can no longer be productive and turn against the left for that. Hmm. The concept has been explained by French economist Frederick Bastiat in The State. The state has two hands, one for receiving and the other for giving, a rough hand and a smooth one. The activity of the second hand is necessarily subordinate to the activity of the first. Strictly speaking, the state can take and not give back. This can be seen and can be explained by the porous, absorbing nature of its hands, which have, which has always retained part and sometimes all of what it touches. But that which is never seen, which will never be seen, and which cannot even be imagined, is that the state can return more to the people than it has taken from them. Therefore, it is ridiculous for us to appear before the state in the humble attitude of beggars. It is utterly impossible for it to confer a specific benefit upon some of the individuals who make up the community without inflicting a greater injury upon the community as a whole. 
Perhaps Bastiat's most famous quote describes the equity dilemma best. The state is that fiction by which everybody can live at the expense of everyone else. Hmm. Philip sent me that. Thank you. The state is that fiction by which everybody can live at the expense of everybody else. It was into... Oh, I was going to talk about stuff we always talk about. Mm. (laughs) I'm going to. It was in the Pioneer Press today that the legislature is dreaming up a raft of new taxes. Yeah. Do you have that story, John? I do have it in the news, yep. Uh, To counter... What 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 they believe might be lost to them mm-hmm. through income tax reductions, and so they're dreaming up new taxes that'll affect your uh, your drive. Well, I'll wait for John. It'll affect your driver's license and a lot uh, of stuff. Fees it'll affect a lot and, of stuff. It'll affect a lot of stuff. So uh, in the in the hands of well, there again, I start talking about everything right I right up to the edge. Always right to the talk edge, about, sir. and I, I don't want to do that. We're trying. I'm trying. I'm getting no help. Uh, but I'm trying desperately to to talk about things we normally don't talk about. For example, for example, this is right from the Ford Motor Company's own uh, website. Ford Motor Company has filed a patent for multiple drones that could be used to jumpstart future Ford vehicles. Ford Authority has learned. It's a site <laughs> called Ford Authority. The patent was filed April 12, 2017, published on March 28, 2023. Ford has filed its share of drone-related patents in recent months, including one outlining the idea for jump for a jump-starting system that would use drones to charge Ford electric vehicles, not to mention another for external jump-start battery terminal hookups. Now this new Ford patent builds upon these previous filings by introducing an idea for multiple drones that could be used to jumpstart Ford vehicles with dead batteries in the future. With drones being used for all sorts of things these days, including last-mile delivery services, search and rescue operations, and many other activities, this new patent aims to deploy the unarmed aircraft to help stranded motorists who may find themselves stuck somewhere with a dead battery. While a simple jump cable in another vehicle can rectify this pro- while a simple jump cable in another vehicle can rectify this problem, if one is stranded in the middle of nowhere, that isn't always possible. That's precisely where this patent comes into play. Ford vehicles would be able to transmit a jumpstart request when in need, which would be received by one or more drones. Those drones would also... Re- I'm seeing the witches flying around the castle yeah. in uh, <laughs> The Wizard of Oz. Uh, those drones would also receive the vehicle's location, navigate there, open the hood, establish a connection with the vehicle's battery, and give it a boost so the motorists can be on their way. While not necessarily a totally new concept, well, it sure as hell is to me, while not necessarily a totally new concept, this idea does have some merit, particularly for those who live or are traveling in more rural areas where other vehicles aren't close. Of course, one could also carry a portable jump pack, but in some cases, those aren't quite able to get the job done, as this patent points out. We'll have more on this in all Ford patents soon. 
So be sure and subscribe to Ford Authority for the latest Ford patent news, okay. Ford business news, and continuous okay. Ford news okay. coverage. You can there stop there. You can stop her. there. Yeah. You can stop. This is the Jetsons, man. This is yeah. weird. Yeah. You're out in the middle of North Dakota, and you got you have to file a jump request with the drone fleet. You know what I would they say there? show up. I would say, ruh-roh, ruh-roh. Isn't that something? Does anyone have any thoughts about that? I would rather just the drone you pick me up dead and beats. I, I don't <laughs> fly me to my Run destination. Run me through that again. If your yeah, battery the whole is thing again. dead, <laughs> yeah. if your battery is dead, they're sending out a drone yes. that will... That can somehow even open the hood. And there where's is the no drone hood coming? on an electric car. Where's it, where's it coming from? Where From the drone who, store. Who's running <laughs> it? What's the gas mileage? Is it like AAA? And what if the drone breaks down? Listen, you morons. All yeah, I did I is read you the patent. I, I don't know where they come from. Come on. Well, they come from Detroit. Maybe you should uh, give well, this a little it's thought. It's from the Midwest Drone Central Agency. They just fly one out. Or if yeah. you're on the West Coast, it's the West That's Coast. West Coast Central Drone Agency. Oh, a I drone air base. Yeah, it's a drone yeah, air Yeah, there you go. To me, that's just one more reason to not have an electric car, because I ain't calling no drone to come and pick me up. At what point, do you own the airspace over your house? No, I don't believe so, Could you shoot I would a, shoot down a drone. Yeah, that's my yeah. question. Can yeah. a guy shoot a drone down? Probably been, not, but uh, I don't blame you if you do. I've been at some public events where drones, drones have been flying around um, videotaping people. That, that makes me a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I like my privacy. That's well, just weird. How can yeah. the drone do all of that manipulation? That's what I'm saying. Well, there's I, a guy running it. He's got a little thing there's around There's not a guy it. that shows up yeah, with the drone. Yeah, but it's got to have arms and stuff to open well, up. Yeah, that's no, true. Back at, back at drone headquarters, yeah, the guy's seeing yeah. all this on a yeah. video. Yeah, and he's running it. Oh, okay. He's also flying it. Okay. Yeah. He's got little levers and stuff to, uh, to pull. And yeah, he, but... Do you think the drone says anything when it gets there? Oh, I would hope the drone would have a speaker on it. It would yeah. be so fun. Hey, How what's up, buddy? How you doing? You need some help? What are you doing this weekend? Not even better. <laughs> what are your plans? <laughs> well, if I don't get out of here, I won't have a weekend. How about this weather we're having, yeah, huh? She's Hotter than one, Hades. Huh? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then accent changes wherever you're at. <laughs> Didn't Ford already patent or invent the car that can report on itself that the payments are overdue? I oh. just read that last week. Yes. Ford can turn a car in on itself. Well, that, that's that's really taking a lot of courage if you're a customer. Yeah. You're buying the car knowing full well that it can report you for tardy payments. Well, it could repossess right. itself. It could, it could re, that's exactly what it does. It repossesses itself. It drives itself. itself to the bank or to yeah. the dealership. No, it takes it to the uh, Midwestern drone facility. Got it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for safekeeping in the warehouse. And the people there all have uh, uniforms on, like in Dr. No. Kind of those white jumpsuits <laughs> right, with a right. lightning bolt uh, My on. reference yeah. is Willy Wonka. Well, I know yours right. is, but... We're getting to the point, Such, where um, Big Brother is watching us so closely and controlling our lives so much that you're going to be driving one of those British crap cans full time. It's the only way you'll have any freedom. You know what I love about those? There's more technology in the visor of the my daily driver than there is in the entirety of an MGB. Yeah, more technician. More tech. I'm not lying. Yeah. Yeah. More technology in the visor than there is in an entire MGB. And give me the MGB. 
Nobody knows where you are. Nobody can follow you. Yep. The car isn't reporting anything to anybody. It, it leaves its own mark so you can find your way back. Technology, it, it, huh? It's, it's just an amazing. And there's nothing on a Triumph or an MGB that would... Uh, report you to the authorities. Well, unless anything. you have your phone on you, then they know where you're at at all times. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but you'll you'll never need to call a drone for a jump. Well, you, actually, you would, you, but you wouldn't. Because <laughs> that would... Uh, You'd call some good old boy like me who's got cables and a toe strap and a chainsaw and a rifle or a, two. Rook, when did we did a remote at a guy's house somewhere out in Bloomington? He gave us gifts. Paul yeah. Ryan. Paul, Paul Ryan. Yep. Paul Ryan. Mm-hmm. I I use that thing to this day. Oh, it's called the Cobra. Yeah, I lost the charging jump, mechanism. It's for a little it. jump pack. Oh, it's a jump uh, yeah. box. What cool. I used here? mine every day, darn near, and then it broke, so I had to go get a new one. Mine still works. Beautiful. There, it's the size of three packs of cigarettes. Would that yeah. be enough yeah. juice? To charge an electric vehicle. Could that get an electric vehicle back on the road? I don't know. There it is. John's holding it up. I I think not. I used it to jump a real car once. Yes. I did use it to jump a real car. Same. And it worked. It worked. Bring your charging mechanism in so I can charge. I lost my charger. The charging mechanism is what? Plug. Oh. Well, why? So you can take it home and plug yours in? Well, I'll bring, I'll bring no, it in. No, I understand, but you'll then you have to do again. it again three weeks later. Yeah, I'll never see it again. Hey, 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 don't help me out. Why don't you go on the Cobra site, I'm sure there is one, and just order a new charging cord. That's way too much effort. No, you, you bring it I in for me is that. better. Even I could do you that. You bring it in is a lot easier. I'll be glad to bring it in for you, but I'm just saying you're, you need it again three weeks later. Well, I'm well, not... After Rook loses yours, Joe, you'll have to go to the website yeah. and order. And Sorry, I lost. Charge. You're gonna have to go to the Cobra website and order it online. What about this one, Such? I uh, I got the roommate to shut up and got her off my back. Little life hack here: she wouldn't shut up about yeah. the slow leak and the tire. My God, yeah. give me a break! Yeah. So instead of fixing it, I bought her one of those little uh, air compressors you oh, plug yeah. into the cigarette lighter. Yeah, never heard another word. Good. Yeah. That's the way to handle it. Yeah, That's the way to handle it. Uh, I would like to point out you may not shoot a drone down over your property. Well, it's against you the can. law. Let's find out. Even if the drone is trespassing, it carries serious risk of harm to shoot it down. A person who shoots down a drone could face severe criminal charges, reckless endangerment, and be liable for the cost of replacing the damaged drone to its owner. One oh, yeah. day I noticed a bunch of people at the curb peering at my roof. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I... To the point where I wondered, what in God's name are they up to? You need the roof. And I finally said, "What? what's up? And they said, we have a plane on your roof, a model plane. Oh, sure. That they yep. had flown from a great distance away. Mm-hmm. But it landed accidentally on my roof. Okay. So I, you know, they got a ladder. I got them a ladder and the whole deal. And they went up and got their plane. It's a cool story. Yeah. That's... <laughs> That's a, yeah. <laughs> what you can do. If there's an eagle flying above your, no, no. If there's a drone flying above your house, you just get yourself an eagle. Yeah. Remember They'll take eagle them out. Yeah. On Crystal Lake, Matthew was flying a drone yep. for uh, whatever that place is, a spacecrafting, and the eagle took down the uh, wow. drone, and it's it's sitting in Crystal Lake right now. The drone is. Yeah, that's fine. Under a bunch of muck. That's good. You, you know. can't arrest an eagle. No. Right? No. 
Say you Boy, don't they want the taste government. good, though, don't yeah, they? Oh, yeah, oh, they do. The younger goodness. ones, a little more tender. Yeah. Say, for your estate planning services, would you please consider Eckberg Lammers, uh, one of the most noted law firms in all of the metro and western Wisconsin? They've been, pre- pre- been preparing estate plans for people for more than 70 years. You know what that is, don't you? It keeps you out of the courts. When you leave this veil of tears, you leave behind for your family explicit orders so everything runs smooth. It keeps you out of court, reduces taxes, and controls your wishes. It must be done. I don't care how old you are. You just need to have this. And then, you know, you start you start uh, fading. Yep. Let's just fading, let's say. Yep. And you remind the kids, just get that thing. I got a big arrow pointed toward it towards it. You just go down and get that piece of document and you're you're going to be all set. These are great service, great people. It's a great law firm. Again, you don't want the government to handle your stuff. Avoid court. Minimize taxes. Control your wishes. You got some property problems in the family, they'll take care of that. You snowbirds have some tax questions, they take care of that. They take care of everything so that when you leave, everything is done smoothly for your family. Don't make assumptions about this. Start the conversation with Eckberg Lammers. Make an appointment with Eckberg Lammers at 651-439-2878 or visit Eckberg Lammers at EckbergLammers.com. Okay, interesting story here. Uh, Reavers, who normally would be here, and he would be pushing, telling you about 30 bales. Well, he's not here, so I'm going to tell you about 30 bales for him. Uh, Right now, uh, the push is on. Yes, Easter brunch is just around the corner. You need to make a reservation because Easter brunch there is filling up fast. So go to their website, 30, spelled out, 30bales.com. And you can check out their menu. You can make reservations. Uh, it's a great place to have a wonderful meal. So go ahead and get on right now. Don't wait until the last minute or until they're full. Check it all out. And, of course, I'm looking at the menu here, and I've been there many times, and I love the pulled pork tacos. Uh, fantastic. The bale burger. Classic cheeseburger, and it's done right. And don't forget about the Reuben. Lunch, breakfast, dinner, whatever the case may be, check out 30 Bales. And again, this is your final warning from me anyway. Easter brunch is around the corner, but you need to make a reservation at uh, 30 Bales. So do that today. Go online to 30bales.com and let them know that Reavers and The Rookie sent you. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Cool UGLers are keeping the office staff busy at ProfessionalTurf.com. Thank you very much. We've got uh, wind and snow and rain and just hell from the sky coming tonight. But by Sunday, it's going to be sunny and 50. And by next weekend, you're going to be looking at your lawn. And that's where Professional Turf plays in. If you want the best lawn on the block, click on it right now, ProfessionalTurf.com. Get set up with a free estimate and analysis um, at Professional Turf. Here's what's going to happen, okay? A guy's going to come out. First of all, they don't do it over the phone like the rest of these clowns. They come out, they walk your lawn, they figure out, oh, that's a good spot, that's a bad spot. Oh, that's a horrible spot. 
And after the first treatment, all of the broadleaf, the crabgrass, broadleaf, dandelion, all of that gone. And you'll have a thick, healthy, luxurious lawn with your own customized slow-release fertilizer and weed control plan. Environmentally safe and guaranteed for superior results from the last flake of snow in the spring till the first freeze up in the fall. It usually takes two to three treatments per year. Uh, and they come out whenever, uh, not only do they come out on schedule, but if you see something you don't like in between visits, give them a call. They've got that toot sweet policy. They'll be there toot sweet. They'll take care of it, and uh, everything will be awesome. A beautiful, healthy lawn. It's just a click away. Professionalturf.com. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. This uh, update is brought to you by Professionalturf.com. And uh, just as a disclaimer, uh, let me tell the people listening, uh, we agreed not to talk about stuff we've talked about before, but that's not for the news segment because, no. well, then we'd have to do, you know, birthdays, right. that kind of stuff. So we're going to do the news. Copy that. Former President Trump facing more than 30 counts related to business fraud in an indictment from a Manhattan grand jury, according to two sources familiar with the case. Earlier yesterday, a spokesperson for Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg said the office had contacted Trump's attorney to coordinate his surrender. Trump will likely appear in court early next week, probably Tuesday, according to his defense attorney. The case stems from the alleged payoff of porn star Stormy Daniels, who said she had sex with Trump. Trump's former lawyer slash fixer, Michael Cohen, says she was paid off with campaign funds and that information was falsified to show that he had been sentenced already to three years in prison for his part in that. What the charges are specifically will not be known until the former president is arraigned and the grand jury's indictment is unsealed. Trump still also faces several other high stakes cases, including probes into his efforts to subvert the 2020 election, handling of presidential records and business fraud, launching the Republican frontrunner into uncharted territory. If I understand this correctly, then, the the gist of the supposed crime is that he used campaign funds to right. pay her off. Correct. And, and that's then the crime. covered it up by yeah. saying it's, yeah. it's, you know, it was used for this and that. And he had that sap that. Cohen pay, and then he reimbursed Cohen. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And then Classy. had Cohen fill out documents that said, you know, he's paying me for something else. So... Cohen's the only guy who's suffered throughout this so far. Right. So far, yeah. Minneapolis City Council has approved a legal settlement with the Minnesota Department of Human Rights. During a meeting this morning, councilors voted in favor of the requirement, which binds the city and the police department to change nearly every aspect of policing in the city of Minneapolis. That agreement comes from a multi-year state investigation that found a pattern and practice of race discrimination by the police department. Minneapolis city leaders and the state agreed to negotiate terms of reforms within the police department last summer. Pioneer Press reporting, you talked about this earlier, Joe, the legislature plans to cut income and property taxes this year, but the savings they produce will be offset, at least in part, by increases in taxes and fees to fund transportation services. <laughs> Those increases include a 75-cent fee for packages delivered to your door, a three-quarters of 1% increase in sales taxes in the seven-county metro area to pay for bus and rail transit services, higher charges for driver's licenses, and extended license tab fees. House Transportation Committee Chair Frank Hornstein, a DFLer, unveiled his version in a hearing yesterday. Uh, I love this quote. Hornstein acknowledged it's hard for people to understand why state policymakers want to increase taxes and fees when there's an $18 billion budget surplus. 
But he says that surplus money is already set aside for purposes other than roads, bridges, and transit systems. Oh. Yes, Joe? No, I'm not to say anything. Oh, okay. All right. The news doesn't lie. A man is in the hospital after St. Paul responders at the scene of a crash discovered the driver had a possible gunshot wound to the head, according to St. Paul Police Sergeant Mike Ernster. About 6.30 last night, a man drove an SUV into a parked car near the intersection of Ford Parkway and Snelling Avenue. The man driving the SUV was unresponsive, Ernster said, and it appeared he'd been shot in the head. Medics took the man, who has not yet been identified, to Regents Hospital with a life-threatening injury. Police are still investigating what led up to the crash. Ernster said it's unclear how the apparent gunshot injury happened. Hmm. We now know more of President Biden's itinerary for his visit here on Monday with the White House releasing additional details this morning. The president will visit Cummins Power Generation Facility in Fridley, part of the Biden administration's Investing in America tour. According to the White House, the tour plans to showcase the president's efforts to create a clean energy economy, build better infrastructure, and bring back supply chains. Is that a big day for you, Kenny, when a president comes to town? Is that a big day for traffic reporters? No. No, it's actually easy because oh, I see. they shut off all the cameras. And um, depending on your ethics and uh, your integrity, yeah. uh, you either report the route or you do not. Yeah. I do not report the route. Well, do, do, would you even know the route? Uh, I do because they block off the cameras oh. on the route he's going to take. I see. And I'll, should I admit this on the air? Sure. For some reason, when they when they block out the cameras, I can still get them. Hmm. Um, but but I never I, I publish them. Said that I you never think for <clears throat> additional security. They would want all those cameras on. No, they don't want people to see it for mm. some reason. To know the route, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't Although, know. Like you said. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I, I it, That's one group of people I'm not going to mess with. The Secret Service. Nah. Uh. 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 No. <laughs> Man accused of attacking Minnesota's 2nd District Rep. Angie Craig at her apartment building in Washington has been indicted now on a federal charge. Court documents say Kendrick Khalil Hamlin attacked Craig while she was getting coffee in the lobby of the building the morning of February 9th. Craig said she ended up using the coffee as a self-defense to escape. In addition to the assault charge involving Craig, Hamlin also has been charged with two counts of assaulting a police officer. Craig said she saw Hamlin, unknown to her at the time, pacing around in the lobby. He was said not to be wearing any shoes, according to the complaint. Craig went back into the elevator to go back to her apartment when Hamlin stuck his hand out to hold it open and stepped inside. He told the congresswoman he needed to use a bathroom and was going to come up to her apartment to do so, but Craig refused. Said the man then became agitated, wouldn't let Craig off the elevator. He blocked the entryway and punched Craig in the face. Hamlin also grabbed her collarbone during the incident. Craig threw the cup of hot coffee over her shoulder at Hamlin, who then released her and left the building after she began to yell for help. Police arrested Hamlin later that same day near the apartment building. Craig suffered bruises and bleeding from her lip in the assault. Hamlin's next court appearance is scheduled for April 5th. Russian authorities said they have detained an American journalist for the Wall Street Journal, and they're accusing him of espionage. The journalist is Evan Gershkovich, a correspondent based in Moscow for the Wall Street Journal. He's believed to be the first American reporter to be held as an accused spy in Russia since the collapse of the Soviet Union. The Russian Federal Security Service, or FSB, said in a statement that 
Uh, Gershokovich is suspected of spying in the interests of the American government. He's been detained in Yakutunenburg, a city about 900 miles east of Moscow. The detention is an ominous sign for the rights of foreign journalists based in Russia. Wall Street Journal strongly rejecting the accusations and said it would seek his immediate release. President Biden this morning speaking, also saying the Soviet Union should release the reporter. Three days ago, the U.S. told its citizens to leave Russia immediately due to the war in Ukraine and the risk of arbitrary arrest or harassment by Russian law enforcement agencies. Many U.S. citizens have left, but most reporters Stuck that around. guy's in yeah. for a bad Russia. time. Yeah. I think you're probably correct. <clears throat> yes. Uh, why don't we take a quick break here and come back with some more news after that? GLers, podcast listeners, I really want to tell you about uh, a fun fundraising opportunity that you could uh, take part in. If you like to shoot clays, well, the 7th Annual Dave Vice Memorial Sporting Clay Shoot is going to be on April 29th, the, the Garage Logic birthday, the 30th birthday. And this, of course, is sponsored by Minnesota Masonic Charities, and they're online at minnesotamasoniccharities.org. It's a wonderful event. You can find out all sorts of information. I'm going to give you a telephone number. If you're up to that, and you should be, you should just go down there and check it out. Here's the phone number, 612 612- Seven nine zero fifty five sixty one six one two seven nine zero fifty five sixty one and it is a good deal. It supports the uh, Masonic Children's Hospital, and of course, Minnesota Masonic Charities are really into that. It's presented by Clay's Camps for Kids uh, to benefit Shriners Healthcare Camps and the U of M Masonic Children's Hospital. April 29th, registration at ten thirty. More information. I don't have enough time. Six one two seven nine zero fifty five sixty one. Hopefully, we'll see you out there on the 29th. Justice and the Suchere. Well, I think now if I followed the conversation there, I'm supposed to read some more news now. I think so. Hi, John. So let's continue with the news. Police and state troopers in Tennessee and Kentucky handled protesters at both state capitals yesterday. In Tennessee, it was a protest by gun control activists, mostly students, who tried to push their way into the legislature but never made it in thanks to law enforcement. Instead, they chanted from inside the atrium of the Capitol. In Kentucky, it was trans activists trying to protest a Republican-backed bill to ban transgender procedures for children. Several of those protesters physically removed by troopers. Pope Francis expected to be discharged tomorrow from the Rome Hospital where he's recovering from bronchitis. Uh, His uh, recovery proceeding in what doctors are calling a normal way even had pizza for dinner last night. And he will be in St. Peter's Square for Palm Sunday Mass, according to the Vatican. Vatican spokesman Matteo Bruni gave the update in a written statement today. In a subsequent statement, he said that Francis was due to be in the square for the Mass, which marks the start of Holy Week and ushers in a series of solemn public ceremonies that, of course, culminate on Easter. This year, that is April 9th. Speaking of the Vatican, You know, yesterday... you know what he got? Huh? He got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. Well, I'm surprised <laughs> he didn't say he had COVID. Yeah. 
Speaking of the Vatican, yesterday they responded to indigenous demands and formally repudiated what's called the Doctrine of Discovery. The theories backed by 15th century papal bulls that legitimized the colonial era seizure of native lands and form the basis of some property laws today. A Vatican statement said that papal bulls or decrees did not adequately reflect the equal dignity and rights of indigenous people and have never been considered expressions of Catholic faith. The statement from the Vatican's Development and Education Office has marked a historic recognition of the Vatican's complicity in colonial-era abuses committed by European powers. Decrees were called bulls? Papal bulls, yes. That's a weird word for that, isn't it's it? It's very strange. Yeah, that is. Uh, I don't like it. I kind of like well, it. <laughs> former Olympic and Paralympic runner. wonder Oscar if that's where we get the term bull bleep. Uh, no, I think that actually comes from the animal. Oh, from the bulls? Ah. Yeah, yeah. The bulls! Former Olympic and Paralympic runner Oscar Pistorius denied parole Friday. He'll have to stay in prison at least another 16 months after it was decided he had not served what's called the minimum detention period required to be released after his murder conviction in the 2013 killing of his girlfriend, Reva Steenkamp. You might remember this story back in 2013. Steenkamp, a model law student, was shot in Pistorius's bathroom. He had told the court he believed Steenkamp was an intruder when he shot her several times. I don't believe it. No. Uh, the folks at, uh, what, what do you think of this? Rook, you're a food guy. The folks at Cup Noodles launched a new product yesterday. Uh, they are the folks that give us ramen noodles. Okay. Well, yesterday they unveiled breakfast ramen. The noodles blend the flavors of pancakes, maple syrup, sausage, and eggs in a noodle cup that is served in the company's familiar packaging and is ready to eat in four minutes. How did this make the news? Chicken and beef are their two staples, and they do that properly. I'm not so sure a, a breakfast... That uh, sounds awful. Right. I don't like I, I'm rejecting it. I, I would just eat them noodles. plain. Ramen noodles sounds, are good. Sounds like throw-up to me. I don't it like noodles. Awful. You, you don't like noodles I, at I, all? I, there's no point to them. They're you just, don't like any kind of noodles? You no, don't like I'm spaghetti? I'm not a noodle guy. I like thin Pasta? spaghetti noodles. Angel hair? Yeah. You like lasagna? You like... I oh like it, God. but, you know, lasagna. nothing to write home about. You like egg noodles and chicken noodles? No, I don't like soup? noodles. No, I don't, I'm telling you, I don't like noodles. You like God, movies you about Roman gladiators? I don't like Joey the concept. Weird. You're so weird with food, Joe. There I mean, is, only in the nicest way. Right. There isn't a woman on the planet who doesn't think, no, not think, know that she makes the best lasagna ever. It's true. Lasagna is, well, that, and that's that laborious. to be true in my house. Well, I think it's pretty true in my house. Yeah. Well, well, and mine, know. too. The layers, it's, it's it's laborious. It's hard to make. It's not easy. Well, I, I, we don't need the rundown. We're just talking about <laughs> Oh, you can take it. noodles <laughs> and you can put, you know, yeah. sausage, <laughs> ground beef. Italian. Wildlife officials in Oklahoma shared photos of a massive 67-pound invasive big-head carp wow. reeled in from the Grand Lake area. Did you see wow. these pictures? No. The thing was gigantic. Two guys rolled it across the What bodies. a big carp. Wow. The Oklahoma Department of Wildlife Conservation said a group with High Water Guide Service was fishing in the Grand Lake system when members reeled in the big male fish. 
The fish was caught after the department asked for local fishing guides to help capture invasive fish in the area. <laughs> what state Shout- was this, John? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. For some Oklahoma. reason, Noodling. in my, my mind's eye, I'm seeing the entire town of Folda gathered around the back of a pickup truck yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> the department uh, said shout out to High Water Guide Service for reeling in this massive 67-pound big head carp. They've gotten us a few now, and we simply can't appreciate it enough. The ODWC said the fish and others reeled in from the Grand Lake system will be used for research into the local fish population. An auction company is expecting to get ten dollars to $15,000 for unusual piece of music history, the MTV Gong from the 1980s. Bonham said the MTV Gong, which is available for bidding until 3 o'clock this afternoon, was one of two made for the cable network. The one in the auction was used by MTV at events and on the air throughout that decade. Uh, the listing says it was famously used by Tina Turner when she appeared as a guest presenter for a show where she talked about her favorite music videos in 1986. She kicked off the show by turning upside down on the gong stand to bang the gong with her feet. The steel-hammered gong, which bears the MTV logo, does not include the stand, according to the auction There's listing. no more video TV shows, are there? Not on MTV. MTV is just pretty much reality TV shows now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It was quite revolutionary when it began. There it you was. go. It there was. you go. Yeah. But video killed the radio <laughs> star. Yeah. Here's uh, something you don't normally think My about. My favorite was you know uh, the, re- the replacement suit. The um, they made a couple of videos where the only thing in the video was a speaker. Yeah, I saw those. <laughs> yeah. Something you don't normally think about. I suppose it could be a problem anywhere. Maine is facing a severe housing shortage at the time but what, at this time I'm sorry but what you might not know is they're also running out of space underground Portland's Evergreen Cemetery is the largest in the state 65,000 people are there but they're running out of burial spots and they only have about 40 lots left now there's plenty of room don't worry about it well, that's hey. the same story in other cemeteries in the city though too they're all at capacity Joe well out in the so woods well, can't, can't we park uh, them somewhere? Can't That's we tear right. out some of them? Get rid of some of them? Yeah. I mean, come on. Be a time limit. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get fifty years and you're out of here. Yeah, that's right. Mike Siamaga is director of cemeteries in Portland. Before coming there, he worked at a similar job in Brooklyn in New York. He says they face the same issue there that he's facing in Maine. What if those guys are like supers? You know, the cemetery club. They just keep moving around to get better gigs. I'm over at Evergreen right now. I'm going to go to Maine. I got a hell of an offer. (laughs) Ultimately, they plan to try and uh, get an expansion for the cemetery, but that has to be approved by several boards. I would love working at a cemetery. Peaceful, except for my mower, on your own all day. That would just be fantastic. Okay. Good job. Interesting. Good job. Speaking of cemeteries in Poland. A grief-stricken son is facing jail time. After it was discovered, he dug up his late mom's body and set her down on the sofa and left her there. Okay, Ed Gein, you weirdo. (laughs) Police found the woman's mummified remains inside the home of the man named only as Marion L. in Radlin, Poland, after his estranged brother-in-law raised concerns about his mental health. A search of the 76-year-old's home found the remains of mom propped up on a sofa on a pile of newspapers. He missed mom, did he? Wait a minute now. The logistics of digging up a grave, I I assume there was no vault involved here. Well, he got mom back. You pop the coffin in the vault and, you know, fill it up. 
The woman had passed away and was buried more than 13 years ago. Time out. Cartoon bubble. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Describe the scene. Describe the scene of him digging up mom. What what utensil does he have? Got the bad shovel. (laughs) No, it's the shovel with the the short handle. No, no, no. It's just one of those really crummy square shovels. Square shovels. Yeah, and he's he's kind of in ragged clothing. And he's nervously always looking around to see see if if somebody's... A a lot of muttering going on. And he just, it took him hours. It did. So he had to bring refreshments. Well, he brought what a is, bag is, lunch. He brought a bag lunch. <laughs> and describe oh. the thermos that's sitting over oh, there. Uh, kind of a, a, a gingham check. Right uh, here. Show yeah. him, your, show no, him the thermos. It's I've this ex- thermos I've right there. I've actually got a new one. Uh, oh, no. Uh, no. Uh, my World War II era okay. one is in the other house. Got it. I do, I do have one quote in this story from the district prosecutor's office, and I want to say it only because I want Rook to tell me. I, I know his Polish background. Yeah. I don't know how to say this name, Rook. Are you ready? I am writing her down right now. I'm the it's... only member of this cast who's actually been to Poland. Oh. I've been oh. in Poland. Well, aren't you lucky? I can see this <laughs> happening. So jealous. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's uh, Joanna S M O R C Z E W S K A. Sporachekia. Sporchuska? Sporchmishmarshka. How long had she been interred? Shefska. 13 years. Uh, she had been in, yeah, so he's down there. I'm seeing bones flying out of the hole. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think he dug her up a long time ago because it says the newspapers date back to 2009. Uh, she was buried in January of 2010, so it sounds to me like he went right away. And, and so she was still kind of um, ripe. Kind well, of pliable if you will. Yeah, by yeah. the time he got her. Oh, I mean, boy, he could again, bend her into a sitting position. My people yeah, are not just, helping the stereotype here. This no, guy's sitting on the couch, you know. But I mean, sitting that's a clothespin on your nose time, How isn't do you it? lug her home? I, uh, wheelbarrow, maybe? A, a bad <laughs> wagon. A really, or a wheelbarrow. Or a wheelbarrow. Or a really bad wagon. Maybe he had, maybe <laughs> had a little European car. <laughs> My mom thinks that Weekend at Bernie's is the funniest movie ever made. She yeah. she laughs so hard that she cries. That explains a lot. <laughs> uh, I've never seen Weekend at Bernie's, I confess. Neither have I. Well, I know the premise. Yeah, and I know the actor that played Bernie. Yeah. It was Vic Hitler on Hill Street Blues. Okay. Hitler? Vic Hitler, he was a comedian. That was the joke on Hill Street Blues. He was named Vic Hitler, so he wasn't really... A, a big hit. At the- anyway, what else you got there, John? That's all I got. That was oh, the last story. Very which, good, and I have really appreciate it. And uh, we'll <laughs> we'll return uh, in just a moment. That's sincere. Not really, as far as you know. <laughs> You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. You can help your engine run better and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment. Seafoam cleans the harmful gunk and gum and varnish from the entire fuel system. It's safe, it's easy to use on all kinds of cars, trucks, machinery, cylinders. Just pour it in your fuel tank, let it do all the work for you. Pick up a can anywhere that automotive products are sold, auto parts stores, big retailers, Hardware, small retailers, farm stores, you name it. Uh, It's all over this great big world. A local company, a global reach, and a wonderful product in a world of bad gas. 
Seafoam. Suchi boy, I'm worried that Robert Downey Jr. is back on the devil's dandruff. Yeah, he's uh, he's making quite a statement there. He wants to get rid of his car collection to save the earth. Somebody's got to get to him and say it really won't make that much difference. He's signed up and he's doing a show on one of these Disney networks and he's turning it into a show. And not only is he giving away these cars... He's turning them into electric cars, Such. Yeah. Well, Neil Young's trying to do the same thing with a Lincoln Continental. Um, a 1965 Corvette. Oh, no. He's already got a few electric cars, an Audi e-tron GT Concept. Oh, no. Uh, a good thing, he, he had a uh, an old Camaro from the 60s rebuilt and restored, and he gave it away to Chris Evans. I hope that Chris Evans is smart enough not to uh, do anything like that. An Audi R8. Yeah. How about... Can you see this? Tear the engine out of a custom Boss 302 no, Mustang, no. which in itself is ri- a pile of junk Boss Mustang is a miracle. Mm-hmm. And this guy's got a beautiful one. He's going to take the engine out of it. Have you ever heard of a Fisker Karma? Yes. Yeah, that one. Uh, a 2009 Audi R8, uh, an Acura N- NSX, no. a concept car. Another Audi. He really loves the Audis. A Porsche 993. Mm-hmm. How much does that car weigh? A couple hundred pounds. Light car. Mm-hmm. He's going to weigh that thing down with a big battery. Uh, an R8, another one, a convertible. A Ferrari California T. Are you really going to do that to a Ferrari? Well, uh, I don't know much about him, but I now think really less of him. Uh, an S- he's got a bunch of uh, Mercedes. Zero. He's got an S-Series. He's got an SL convertible. <laughs> Uh, Bentley Continental, uh, another Bentley Continental. Uh, what is this old Mercedes-Benz Pagoda? It looks like it was made in the early 70s. Just a little thing. No, they have a that, that roof style was called Pagoda. It was probably a 230 or 280 SL. Yeah, this oh, this article doesn't give years or engines. They, they really should be ashamed of themselves. A lot of Audis, as far as I'm concerned, he can do whatever he wants with the Audis. But I think I was most um, offended by the Porsche. And that Mustang boss, that was just a, that that car makes me sweat, makes me want to take my clothes off. Whoa. <laughs> I've, been yeah. watching, I've been watching too many of these reruns of the Rockford Files. I got to have about a 74 Firebird. <laughs> you know, that car wasn't as basic as they made it look. They did a lot of tricks to that car so Jim could do, you know, drive it like it should be driven. Yeah. It was a fine um, but it handling was, car. That uh, Firebird, that was the car of the people then, especially that model, that base model. But, yeah. yeah. He could drive, man. He did those, what do you call those things when you back up and then turn around? Oh, I call them Rockfords. Rockfords. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How do you do one? I want to try uh, well, I call them the S-words. you got to take your traction control off, and then you floor it in reverse Push in the clutch, grab the handbrake, swim it, swing it around, put it into gear, take the handbrake off, and you're on your way. Okay. But he, not Sounds only like did he... Trouble. You can't do it with an automatic... Can you do it with an automatic? Uh, I have with a pickup truck. He yeah. has, but it was by accident. Because that Firebird <laughs> he drives is an automatic. Wet pavement or gravel helps. Yeah. Um, but uh, Rockford, not only did he have a racing team, he ended up being a driver, too. Mm-hmm. He's a hell of a driver. Well, he was also uh, a hell of a uh, uh, a private detective who served time in Quentin. <laughs> yeah, Quentin. but that whole trench coat thing. 
last night. They had so much. Uh, remember when one we had thing. Stephen Cannell on? Yes, one more thing. Yeah. Remember we had That's Stephen Columbo. Cannell? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, yeah. and he knew damn well I wanted to ask him about Rockford and yes. Angel. And he yep. said, look, let's promote the book and then you can ask me all okay. about it. And uh, The late. Yeah. They had a lot of fun with that Angel Martin character. Oh, he was just the perfect foil. He was a perfect comic relief. During a, he had to fake die and have a ceremony for him because it was part of one of Rockford's cons. Yeah. But of course, Angel couldn't resist, so he showed up at the church <laughs> to listen to what people might say about him. And the, and the uh, the cleric said it, it tried to make everything that uh, Angel did sound good. And he yeah. said he uh, he left the army after high consultation with some of the nation's. Highest colonels and majors. Well, he got kicked out of the army. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was, I can't do it. He was, making a twi- he was yeah. twisting it. Only because they come to us Already? all the way. Oh, I thought you were doing ice outs. I did ice outs at the beginning. Okay. Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Umpumalanga, South Africa, from the traveling Lymans at Worldwide Waftage. It was on this day. Well, this is March 31st, Joe. 1810. Newspaper editor James Goodhue was born in Hebron, New Hampshire. In 1849, he established the territory's first newspaper, the Minnesota Pioneer, which promoted the territory both within its borders and beyond. Goodhue died in 1852, but in 1858, Jane Gray Swisshelm used his press after hers was destroyed. And for that, you'd see March 24th. Hmm. I don't have that with me. On this day Thank God. in 1847, March the, 31st, for the fourth and final time, Seth Eastman took command of Fort Snelling. Hmm. And on this day in 19... What, what year was that? 1847. Oh. And on this day in 1918, Roald Amundsen, the famed Norwegian polar explorer, explorer who had discovered the South Pole in 1911, addressed a large audience in Duluth about the ongoing battle of World War I and appealed to the people of the United States, especially American labor, to stand behind the president and to, and to the last ditch and to work with 100% efficiency to end the war. After remarking that Norwegian is in this country would be pleased to know after the war that they, too, have had a share in the liberation of mankind, Amundsen continued a speaking tour of Minnesota and later left for Norway to prepare for a North Pole expedition. How freaked out would you be if you were at the North or the South Pole proper and taking a step in whatever direction— you would be going north, south, east, or west. Isn't that? Wouldn't that be overwhelming? Not necessarily. Yeah, anyway. You start walking. You're going on to North America. You walk the other way. You're walking to Russia. And finally, on this day in, in 1934, in theory, couldn't you do that anywhere? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. In 1934, I guess it's a little more <laughs> underwhelming than I thought. Okay. Finally, on this day in 1934, 3:31, 34. A shootout between John Dillinger and the FBI occurred at the Lincoln Court Apartments in St. Paul. They're still there. Uh Yep. Lincoln and Lexington. Yep. Uh, Dillinger escaped, but a few months later was shot to death by FBI agents in Chicago. They They were onto him. Oh, yeah. Right there at the Lincoln Court Apartments. I believe they're on Lexington right at at Lincoln. Yeah. Did they... um 
Did he die in a shootout, or did the FBI guys just... Were they just trying yeah. to... No, they ambushed him. What movie was he walking out of? There you go. Just came out of the theater. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll know it when you say it. Wizard of Oz. Tell me who the star was of that movie. Rock Hudson. Clark Gable. I don't know. It Picnic. was 1930... Picnic. Uh, 1934. I don't know the movie. It was 1934. My mom doesn't remember that. either, obviously. <laughs> Kenny doesn't know the name Atta either. boy, Kenny. Way to bring it up. My it, mom it, had her picture taken um, while it, Victor Mature was holding her. Good. Yeah. That's good. Thank you, jailers. Uh, uh, I think it was a Kenny, failed experiment. Kenny, Kenny doesn't want to leave. Who was one of the actors that played Philip Marlowe? That guy. Um, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Jim. Oh, no, God. What uh, movie was Dylan? Yeah, we can't who, go who until. Who cares? No, we got to get this solved. We're not going anywhere. Did we skip Patrick today? Oh, oh we shoot. did. We forgot oh. all about him. That's all right. Yeah. That's sorry. I don't want to bother him. He's taking a nap. I completely spaced on that. He didn't text me. Well, he wouldn't know to text me. He's leaving the Biograph Theater. I can't find the movie. Oh, God, you guys. Uh, you know. Who cares? <laughs> Joe, you're not inquisitive enough. That's the problem. Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm not curious. You just don't care about stuff that matters. That's the yeah, problem. Yeah, come on. Problem. What the hell's wrong with you? <clears throat> hey, when's the final four in hockey? Next weekend? I don't know. You're not going to pull out a sports segment, are you? I, I am. Wilder, hotter than a pistol. I'm going to look at something. Wolves are going to lose. The Manhattan hockey's next week, yeah. Manhattan melodrama, and I was wrong. It was Cla Clark Gable and Clark Myrtle Gable, Roy. I guessed Clark Gable. See? Yeah, you were right. I'm sorry. Well, way to pull that one out, Johnny. Uh, also, uh, on the Today in Minnesota History, that Seth Eastman fellow, I knew I knew his name. Uh, he was known for his paintings also of Native Americans. I'll be darned. Oh, the guy who darned. was in charge of Fort Snelling. Right. Yeah. Right. That's fantastic. Yeah, you can't make it up. I, I would note that, because Pat would note it, that the Mankato hockey coach here. is moving to Wisconsin, Mike Hastings. He had a hell of a run at the, at Mankato, and now he's going to take over the Badger program. Hmm. Well, let's hit the road here, folks. Get get to the store and get supplies like the uh, Frankie, Frankie McDonald. Would tell you. Frankie McDonald. Uh, like I'm telling you, get to Pod MN on your smartphone. And check out other podcasts that might entertain and educate you. It's super easy to do. Then you go to garagelogic.com. You sign up for the Garage Logic Town Council, where you're rewarded with a $10 Fradloni's Hardware and Garden Store gift card. Yes, just go to garagelogic.com, pay your 10 bucks a month or 100 bucks for a year, and you will be whistling Dixie, if you know what I mean. Finally, Head over to, what is that thing called? Um, YouTube. we got a YouTube channel. You can subscribe to it. Garage Logic does. It's a really, really neat thing. With the exception of 2012, when we opened the garage door on March 16th, we have had a lot of late openers. I thought we were supposed to be uh, in a warming planet. Bye. Are you still doing the show? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, John. Were we off the air when I said that? Uh, well, I haven't stopped sure. recording, so well, this is still just, on you can now. End, if you you want, this is now. bonus material yeah. for your folks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, do another segment, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll pay for that. Guess what's coming up next?